Welcome back to another episode of the MicroConf Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Walling. This week is a MicroConf refresh episode where we look back at one of the best talks from the last 11 years and more than 30 events of MicroConf. Today's talk is an attendee talk from Anna Mast called Level Up Your Company with Community. She gave this talk on the Minneapolis stage at MicroConf US in 2022. She received a ton of great reviews for this talk, and I hope you enjoy it. If you want to see talks like this in person, MicroConf US is coming up in just a few months, Denver, Colorado, April 16th through the 18th, 2023. I will be there co-emceeing it, co-hosting it with Leanna Patch. Speakers include Dev Basu, Patrick Campbell, and me. I'll be giving a talk. MicroConf.com growth. If you want to learn more about it, buy a ticket. It's going to be an amazing event. Couple hundred bootstrapped and mostly bootstrapped founders getting together yet again to share knowledge and insights and build community. It'd be great to see you there. Before we dive into that, if you want to get a head start on your 2023 goals, join us for the MicroConf Accountability Challenge. The difference between crushing your goals and falling short often lies in the tiny habits and wins along the way. And sticking with those habits can be tough while you're working solo. So we're running our second annual January Accountability Challenge inside MicroConf Connect. You can head to microconf.com slash accountability dash challenge. That's microconf.com slash accountability dash challenge to sign up and get your 2023 off to an amazing start. Let's dive into our talk from Anna Mast. I am the founder of SubscribeSense, but I'm also the co-founder of a company called Boondockers Welcome. And Boondockers Welcome, there we go, is a platform for RVers that allows them to connect with other hosts who will let them stay on their property for a night or two for free. So think couch surfing, but you bring your own couch. Uh, I co-founded the company in 2012 with my mother, who has over 20 years of RVing experience. And last year, we sold the company for a life-changing exit. Thank you. But back in 2012, when we launched, like most first-time founders, we were incredibly naive. The platform essentially works as a two-sided marketplace, with members signing up either as hosts or guests, or often both. And my mother had, at that time, a relatively successful series of RV travel guides, and we were able to use the mailing list from those guides to seed our membership and get our first 200 hosts and guests. And then after that, we figured we'd sit back and wait for the rocket ship growth to happen. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, it did not. For those first five years after we launched, we did essentially zero marketing. We certainly didn't do any paid acquisition, but we didn't have a blog. We didn't have any SEO-focused content or landing pages. We did send out sporadic email newsletters, but, and this is incredibly embarrassing to admit to, we only sent them out to current customers. <laughs> we didn't even collect email addresses on our homepage from interested leads. I don't know how Shoeless Joe Jackson was ever gonna find my field of dreams. But at that point, the company was really just a side project. My mother was still traveling a lot and working on her guides, which did send us some traffic, and I was working a full-time job or at home with two young kids. And yet, five years after we launched, by about 2017, we had reached 
$65,000 in annual recurring revenue. Not rocket ship growth to be sure, but not too shabby for doing no marketing. How on earth did we manage this? It turns out we had a product with built-in marketing. What um, the entire concept of the platform was based on the fact that RVers are inherently social. When you pull into a new site and meet your neighbors, sharing a drink around a campfire is the norm. And often invitations to come stay in my driveway if you're in my neck of the woods are exchanged after a single evening. So our customers liked to talk. And after a stay with one of our hosts at the next campfire with their next new neighbors, the conversation would inevitably turn to where are you coming from and where are you heading? And that's when our customers might be overheard saying something like, oh, I just stayed with these amazing Boondockers welcome hosts. They gave us fresh eggs from their chickens and took us square dancing. You've got to stay with them if you're heading that way. So it turns out we had a ring of fire that was a community-driven, word-of-mouth, in-person growth, cycle of growth. But the double-edged sword of community-led growth is this. You can't buy it. On the one hand, that makes it incredibly cost-effective. And if you're a low LTV, B2C company like we are, then that's fantastic. But it also means it's very hard to scale. That said, I was able to pinpoint three things that we did that really helped us capitalize on this community-led growth. First, have an amazing product. Make sure that what you provide is worth talking about around the proverbial campfire. And make sure that you provide not just monetary value, but experiential value. Also, listen to your customers and try to make sure they feel that their success is your number one priority. Second, give it away with no expectations to those with an audience in your community. In our experience, we never had any success paying influencers to try and flog our product. But we had a great deal of success with YouTubers who would create rave review videos after discovering our product either on their own or after we gifted them a membership with no strings attached. If you are reaching out to influencers, one thing to remember is that the size of their audience is not the most important metric. Much more important is where their audience is on their customer journey. So we could have an Instagram van lifer with tens of thousands of followers post about us and it wouldn't even register. But if you're willing to watch a 15-minute YouTube video on the best free campsites on the beaches of southern Texas, there's pretty good odds you're a good target for our product. Three, create a place for that community to gather in public and then get out of the way. Once you've got enough converts who are passionate about your product and want to share their experiences, give them an opportunity to connect with each other and build a community around your brand. For us, that was a Facebook group, but it could just as easily be a subreddit or a channel on a forum in your niche or your own bespoke web community. The most important thing to remember is to not restrict it to only current customers. You want anybody who's considering buying your product to be able to have some degree of interaction with that online community. And then get out of the way. 
let your customers sell your product for you. Being able to ask your questions to current users who aren't just spouting ad copy is an incredibly powerful conversion tool. You should really only need to step in to answer questions that the community hasn't answered for you or to correct incorrect information that anybody may have shared. And depending on your niche, you may need some degree of moderation to keep the flame wars down, but at least in the beginning, you can probably find one or two passionate community members who are willing to do that for free. So thanks to the power of community, we were able to grow for those first five years when we weren't even trying. And then in 2017, when my children started school full-time, we were able to implement some of those other tactics I mentioned, as well as some more traditional low-cost marketing, and we saw significant growth in our trajectory. And when RVing became the only safe way to travel in the pandemic, we had built ourselves a brand as the best alternative to free camping, almost entirely, or sorry, the best alternative to full campgrounds, almost entirely by word of mouth in the community. And when a competitor came looking to acquire us, we were able to command a premium price for a life-changing exit. And yet, all that almost didn't happen. So by 2017, even though we were seeing some increased, or 2019 rather, we were seeing some increased trajectory, I was feeling stagnant. At that point, we had about $100,000 in ARR, but I was unsure what to do with the product next. And in addition, my mother was in her late 60s by this point and was looking to retire. And she had taken care of all of our customer support, so I knew I was going to have to hire someone to replace her. And that terrified me. So when a small player in the RV space reached out to us at that point, asking if we were interested in selling, we told him to make an offer and we were ready to accept. But just before I signed the letter of intent, I came to my first microconf. I had been lucky enough to receive one of the scholarships that was mentioned earlier and came thinking I would gather as much information as I could to take that home and put it into practice in my next company after we sold. As bootstrappers, we are often alone, quite literally, in our houses, our apartments, doing this thing that nobody really understands. For me, I was surrounded by friends who I all either had full-time jobs or were stay-at-home moms. And what was I? Was I a stay-at-home mom with a side hustle? Or was I an entrepreneur who couldn't afford daycare? <laughs> that lack of representation in my everyday life had slowly been eating away at me, and I hadn't even realized it. Once I got to MicroConf, though, and met all these people and got over my initial fear of talking to strangers, <laughs> I realized the importance of being part of a community. And I had so many conversations, amazing conversations with dozens of people where I heard over and over again things like, oh, what your company is doing is so cool, or $100,000 ARR, that's my dream right now, or I'm still searching for an idea. It turns out that validation from your customers is only part of the battle. Validation from your peers can be equally important. And it may well be that you don't even realize you're missing that validation until you find it. 
And in case it's not yet obvious, at the end of those three days in Vegas, I did not sell to that first offer. I gained that validation that I was missing and the confidence I needed to continue to grow the company. And I went home and hired a customer support person to take over for my mother. In fact, I hired her from our community, our Boondockers Welcome community. We only posted the job on our newsletter and social channels and we had over 180 applicants for the job. So community for the win. And I just, and we continued to build the company for another two years after that before we finally did exit for an order of magnitude more than that initial offer was for. I just wanna take this opportunity to thank the MicroConf community for welcoming me with open arms once I decided I finally wanted to be one of you. And as mentioned, I am here not just as an attendee, but also as a sponsor, because that first scholarship I got was so instrumental and life-changing. I am here to pay it forward, and I hope that there is a scholarship recipient out there this year who is receiving the same benefits that I received and having the same revelations that I had. And you can recognize now the power of community to level up not just your company, but also yourself.